0: Welcome to Campus Life, the college side of our podcast here at Campus Decanton. As always, I am Austin, and this is Colin. Guys, it's uh, I don't really know what to do with myself. I don't know, Colin. I ju- I just sit here on Saturday this past Saturday. You know, I just sat there on the couch. I don't know what to do. It's Ten hours of my day just gone now.
1: I was uh, I was like that Narcos Pablo Escobar meme where it's just standing staring out into space sitting on a swing staring yeah that was me on saturday yeah
0: Yeah, it's it's a lonely time i forgot you know those 13 magical weeks of college football and then we go back to uh to nothing again yeah i need my fix well luckily guys bowl season is almost upon us colin and i are going to be doing a little competition against each other we turn everything into a competition here i think we all know that by now So we are going to pick some of those games here for you in a little bit. And we're going to, again, just review all of the news, all of the movement here in college football. Uh, Talk a little Debbie. You know, we've got a a pretty full show here uh, uh, tonight, Colin. And I will say we are not going to talk early signing day really at all tonight. Because uh, here at Campus to Canton, we are going to be releasing a ton of video content this week on guys that sign on wednesday early signing day for those that don't know is december 15th so that is wednesday and it is the day where guys can officially sign that contract they're going to school uh, means a little less than it used to it used to at least lock in for a year um, i'm sure these guys can probably hit the portal after now but uh you're you're recording some of these as well aren't you colin we've got a couple of us doing these videos just uh Five to seven minutes sneak peek of who the player is where they're going, what the depth chart looks like
1: yeah yeah i um uh, I have a couple that I'm doing that i'll I'll be releasing and recording for that and you know we'll be we're not gonna dump them all on wednesday um
0: you know we'll we'll give you little little nuggets along the way, yeah, yeah, probably between wednesday and friday we'll we'll drop you know 25 to 30 of these guys so uh feel free to check that out on the youtube channel uh, campus to canton the same as the website uh give us a subscribe while you're over there uh, we would greatly appreciate that let's hop in to the show here colin before we start this podcast is part of the fantasy points media group along with a ton of other great podcasts including the true north fantasy podcast the play to win podcast the dynasty happy hour injury prone podcast with dr edwin Porris dynasty vipers the smoke show a triple play fantasy podcast and the fantasy points podcast itself you can follow all of those in one place on twitter at fantasy points live or i can check out the friday drops that recap the week in the fantasy points media group all right colin headlines we have been leading this off i think there's a couple pretty big stories but i think there's just one that that we have to to lead with here yeah for sure Quinn Ewers, the man, the myth, the legend himself, went to Ohio State for a year, made millions of dollars, sat on the bench, did nothing, um, probably met some very nice ladies there at <laughs> Ohio State, and is now going back home. He is transferring officially to Texas. Um, I don't want to say that Colin had the situation completely wrong on last week's show, and I had it completely correct to the point where I said it's going to come down to Texas Tech and Texas, and he's going to choose Texas. Colin says he's going to choose Texas A&M. So there uh, for Colin, <laughs> instant reaction, Colin. How do you feel about this for Quinn Ewers first? will we'll talk about him and then we can talk about some of the other stuff they've got there.
1: Well, first for Quinn Ewers, I definitely think this out of the options that he was reportedly considering, this is the best one for him. I don't really trust Jimbo to develop a quarterback. I don't love the skill position pieces that they have around him in Texas AM. and Texas Tech, they are bringing in um, Kitley, the OC from Western Kentucky this past year. They're bringing him in, so he'd be in a nice system, but he would be throwing to not a great supporting cast. The supporting cast would be definitely subpar. He would definitely have to elevate everybody around him, so I don't think that would be the best fit either. I do think for the most part at Texas, he's going to have to elevate those guys too. I mean, we saw Xavier Worthy. You know, show out at times this year, uh, so I think you know that's a very safe uh, guy that we can kind of count on for him. But beyond worthy and Bijan, obviously, uh, they the rest of the skill position guys there. There's definitely some question marks. So we'll it'll be nice to see him have to elevate some guys a little bit. Whereas if you know at Ohio State, if he had stuck around there, I mean Stroud's throwing to two, three four maybe first round picks uh you know a wide receiver there
0: you're like have you seen that office <laughs> episode where uh, jim is messing with dwight and he's eating all the food that he has for his like tornado shelter he has to eat it like every so many days but he's sitting there and he says like seven days eight days Nine days, and he's just like, I guess that's a possibility.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He reminded me of that. Sorry, Uh, no, you're good. But I think this is one of the best landing spots for him. You get Sark. I I do trust Sark to at least put him in a good position in college offensively. You know, we'll see if he can develop. You know, how much Sark's going to be able to develop him, and how much he's even going to need to develop. Because I think the biggest question mark for me with Ewers is kind of like his footwork. He does have a tendency to throw everything off platform, and I mean he can. Uh, but you know, I, I, we'll, we'll need to see some development there for sure. I think Sark is out of the options, probably the best one to do that for him.
0: But yeah, I, I like this move for yours. I don't think we can say that we know that he throws everything off platform or not because we haven't seen him in over a year. Well, Um, so I think that's very premature. Um, I think what I saw in in his high school stuff—he threw a lot of stuff off platform. I think he was the this was the best spot for him. Um, Going to Texas Tech with Kitley actually probably should have been moderately intriguing to him. I'm not sure you know we'll ever really know if they were seriously in consideration or not. Um, Bumps Xavier Worthy. Um, Bumps, Bijan a little bit, and then, yeah, whatever guy ends up being the second receiving option there, I think can have a really nice season. I mean, do you – like, setting aside what he's going to become in the pros or not, because we've seen, you know, amazing prospects and amazing college quarterbacks never make it in the NFL, like, that aside, do we have any doubts that he's at least going to be very, very good in college? I really don't have that
1: many. No, I don't really either. And I mean, to your point about whether he's going to be a good pro prospect or not, I mean, the, the track record for number one quarterbacks in a class is, you know, is, isn't always the best. You can't always rely on that. But I do like Ewers. I think another big question mark for me, too, is, you know, how is he going to lead a team? You know, he, he didn't really have to do anything there at Ohio State. Texas is a situation where we saw this year that they don't really have. They didn't really have a great culture there you know i think when yours is gonna have to do some work to kind of get everybody on the same page you know i don't think he's Levi that in. kind of a guy
0: i don't think he's that kind of a guy he i might think he's be. more of a justin
1: herbert he definitely might be um but i think at texas they like i said they, they there were definitely some guys this year that were not bought in and you know maybe uh, they kind of all leave this year and then you know year two of sark it's people who are bought in or sark's guys so he may not have that same
0: problem next year but that is a concern of mine it's how he's going to lead that team there you you have way too many ifs and buts for this this is a good thing for like everybody involved i i and you're sitting here like well i don't know are they gonna buy in like do they want to play <laughs> think football a, like will think texas still thing? exist as a thing next year like it could sink into the ocean like you're just i think it's nailed. a good
1: thing too but i'm saying you know there's there's some concerns there are some levels of concerns this is far from a you know perfect here
0: i think it's great i'm not going to say the three magic words uh tib i am not going to say that sentence um but i think this is a really good team and i think you know oklahoma just lost everything i don't think oklahoma's wins three games next year or anything but i think they're certainly at least one step back if not two uh even with caleb williams uh possibly probably staying there and then what else does the conference have i think oklahoma state loses a nice chunk of their team they lose their defense coordinator he's heading lot. to yeah iowa state loses a lot uh you know kansas is up and coming but um no couldn't say that <laughs> straight i mean Bay- baylor loses a little bit um, but they do keep Dave Aranda, so that that's a nice thing there for them. So I mean, it, it's a PC, conference in get flux. It's, bump, I think yeah, with Sonny, uh, maybe Sonny Dyke. yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah. I don't think it, they're on the level of Texas And
0: yet. and they lose Zach Evans. And I think you know, Kendra Miller is really good. That's a whole other discussion for like I, the conference as a whole. I think you know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams that are you know better next year than they were this year. I think a lot of them are probably going to be worse. So um, I don't know. I'm not yeah. I'm not going to say the three the three magic words, but nine wins for Texas. 10 wins for Texas. I don't know what that looks like.
1: I just put together what the three magic words were. You yeah, he st- T- put up the, initials. You put out the yeah. initials there, and I was like, what is that? and I, I got it now. Yeah, it took yeah, me a I'm,
0: while. I, I'm not saying that. Not not ironically, not uh, jokingly, nope. not seriously. I, I'm not saying that sentence. But that's fair. Um. So if that's the biggest story, then I think the second biggest story just broke before we hopped on here. Spencer Rattler, guys the five-star legend himself, the former Oklahoma quarterback um, who we had all these wonderful places that he was supposed to go this offseason, <laughs> is going to South Carolina campus to Canton's Chris Moxley's own South Carolina Gamecocks. He's going there along with Austin Stogner. There's rumors that Theo Weiss may be joining him there as well to play under Shane Beamer. Um, to me, the signals that... N- I don't think big teams and big coaches wanted him at all. And I know that there's a slight history there with Beamer. Um, but I, I don't think anybody really wanted him. I think the rumors of, like, Lane Kiffin seriously wanting him, I don't think he actually did. You know, Chip Kelly at UCLA. Or, like, I, I just don't think any of these big schools that have openings were interested in him at all.
1: Yeah. No, I... I think that kind of is sort of what this signals here as well. Now, you know, he's going to be in the SEC. So that counts for something. But South Carolina definitely isn't the school that we were hoping he was going to go to. You kind of almost hope this is maybe a reality check for him. Like, this is not where I wanted to be. I'm going to need to do some work to get back to, you know, where I was last year. And I don't know if it's if he has going to have that mindset this year, but I will say one thing uh, all the Amari and Brown that I was stashing, and it's it's a lot. I got him in a lot of places because I like him, and he was going at a massive discount. I think that helps, you know, getting Spencer Rattler there, getting somebody to throw the ball to them besides Zeb Noland. He's going to be their wide receiver three or four, so that's big news. Well, who uh, do they have now? I mean, they, they'll. they'll maybe bring somebody with him
0: but yeah it's a bummer now that antonio williams isn't going to go there uh, he's yeah. a he's a true freshman the 2022 class uh, was between them and clemson well clemson came in late because all of the guys that were going there decided not to go there um they really are only bringing in adam randall um so uh, he switched over there but he would have been a fun player to, to go there uh, i'm sure we'll do a freshman profile on him uh, at some point, a player that I really like in this class. Um, any other reaction? I mean, Stogner's going there. Any reaction to that? I, I mean, there's so few college tight ends that are really relevant. I, I did like him as a player, and South Carolina actually has done a reasonably decent job at utilizing the tight end over the past few seasons. But like, I I don't know how high volume, even with Rattler there, of a passing attack this truly is. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I definitely think it's still going to be more run heavy. Uh, you know, maybe. Maybe it yeah. helps Marshawn Lloyd. Because who do they lose? The Trey White? Right? That's it, right? I think at least from what so we've far. heard so far. We can, mm-hmm. you know, as of now, three of the four guys are coming back next year. So it's a lot of mouths to feed. I can't see them flipping, you know, from super duper run heavy to, you know, passing 40 times a game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't see that the major change in the philosophy there either, but. Yeah.
0: All right. Next story here, Colin. I think we, we tried to get these in, in order of, relative importance Um, Georgia defense coordinator, Dan Lanning heading to Oregon to be their head coach here. He is staying on to coach through the playoff is my understanding right now. Um, At at least that's what I've read. So we'll see if that ends up holding true or not. He is the co-defensive coordinator there at Georgia has been for the last two years before that he spent a year there as their uh, linebacker. One of the, I think, believe outside linebackers coach. Um, So he's been there for three years total um good hire i mean that defense was great this year at georgia if he can recruit he's got some guys there already good bad I, i i don't know what do you think
1: yeah i mean i think it was it was fine i kind of expected oregon just being oregon to make like the splashy hire i kind of expected them to to get a bigger name i don't think this is a bad hire by any means um, I'll be very curious to see who he brings with him as as his OC. Uh, I think that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty telling because I mean Oregon has a lot of pieces on defense. Like you got to think if Justin Flo can stay healthy. I know we're not IDP here, but if Justin Flo can stay healthy, you got to think he's gonna have a monster year next year. You know they have a lot of pieces there. So
0: that Sewell. defense next. year. No, yeah, they got some some DBs there as well. Yeah. They have a freshman D-lineman that played really well this year too whose name I, – I have him stashed in a couple IDP rosters. Brady something maybe? I don't
1: know. Maybe. I I don't know. But, I mean, the defense is is has talent. He'll be able to recruit defense. The big question is obviously the offense. And I am known Ty Thompson truther, known Byron Cardwell stan. So I am obviously – pretty heavily invested in who ends up being you're
0: biased you're biased you're biased
1: (laughs) you're basic (laughs) you're biased um no so i'm obviously very invested into into who they get there so i will be watching that closely
0: yeah and i think i did see like literally right before we started recording that seven mcgee hopped in the portal as well so he's leaving that creates I, i think I think we're working under the assumption that CJ is leading. He I has eligibility left of some shape or form. Yes. And then Travis, Travis Dye, done, right? I believe, also has eligibility in some shape or form. So I don't actually really know like exactly how that backfield's gonna look. I think we care more about that offense if we get like I'll be interested to see who his, his OC hire is. Um, because yeah, they have a lot of talent at wide receiver, but they've not used it at all been like the most conservative offense ever and anthony brown was terrible last year uh he is gone um the bad man can no longer hurt us so um whoever ends up being the quarterback there you hope that it unlocks the the ty thornton's and or the dante thornton's and the um um, frank yeah the 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 franklin's of the world troy Um, franklin thank you his name just totally went out the window i was like ah
1: okay and um I don't know how you say it, McMillan, that they're bringing in this year.
0: Tetra Roya? Yeah, I don't know how to say his name either. <laughs> um, just a big jump ball guy. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, interesting there. Uh, topic number four here, Colin. Kedon Slovis, uh, now former USC quarterback, is hopping in the portal. There were rumors last week that he was just going to go into the draft. I'm assuming that somebody said, don't do that. That has that you know has knowledge of how the draft process shakes out. Um, I don't know what would be a good spot for him. Do you have one in pre- like? I don't think. I think he has even fewer suitors than Spencer Rattler.
1: Well, I think the one thing that you can at least say about Slovis is, I don't really think there's any question about his you know maturity his his leadership of sorts there i don't think he's a phenomenal leader i think he's probably more on the sam darnold spectrum of things but you know i don't think he's a head case so that could cause some people to be a little bit more interested in him i don't think he has to drop down to the g5 level um you know i think he can find some places to go uh I don't really have any place on the top of my head that I'm like, oh, wow, this would be a great place for him to go. I th- I actually
0: think him playing at Texas Tech with Kitley would be interesting because I do th- like uh, he he is the Dollar General version of Bailey Zappi, in my opinion. But yeah. we just like because I you know Kitley, I think he you know obviously did a very vertical offense with Patrick Mahomes, and then has kind of done a different offense the past couple of years. I think he can kind of shift it to what it needs to be that's the only like real p5 place that stands out to me that i think like he'd be decent at other than that i don't i mean obviously he'd be an upgrade over you know, tanner morgan um or, or somebody like that but like i don't know if they would well a like want to bring in a competitor and be like he would want to go to a school like that or like in iowa or wisconsin or just like a Teams that don't have very good incumbent quarterbacks. Nebraska? I I mean, does he fit (laughs) Whipple's system? I don't know. Maybe. He's certainly like the antithesis of what they've had at the position the past couple years. Um, Like, I I do think a G5 school would actually be a much better fit for him. I don't have one in mind. but
1: Yeah, I think. You know, you could definitely find a G5 school where he'd be able to put up some production. I mean, obviously, Western Kentucky is losing Zappy, so there's an opening there. Um, you know, maybe you could see him go to Houston. You know, they have Clayton Toon, but I think Slovis is probably better than Toon. So,
0: you know, there's, there's definitely some options out there for him. Yeah, I mean, regardless, though... Um what a fall from grace don't take them quarterbacks early folks that is the real lesson here um how here's one for you colin here i actually contemplated putting this one first and then we kind of decided not to it's an interesting one It, it actually is really interesting i think depending on landing spot bo nicks going into the portal here there are some like he could go somewhere and do some things I'm not saying he's going to be a QB one for fantasy. I'm not saying he's going to be a day one or even a day two NFL draft pick, but I think depending on landing spot, I would be moderately intrigued by him. Like if he went to Ole Miss, I'm not saying that Lane Kiffin would even be interested. Like he could just be a super duper poor man's version of Matt Corral, right? Like very poor man's version, but Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I I think that they're
1: as much as we shit on Bonix I would never (laughs) Um, as much as we make fun of him. You know, he's, he has some talent. I don't think, I don't really think he's ever going to be anything in the NFL, but he has some fantasy talent in in college. So he's definitely a name to watch. He's definitely an intriguing name out there. You know, like you said, he could be a, a poor man's Matt Corral. I don't know if, if Kiffin would be interested in him. I mean, Kiffin just saw him firsthand. So, He knows his
0: limitations. I think he could put up close to 30 total touchdowns at Ole Miss, which would not be like an atrocious season for him. No. No, I think that'd be fine. Um, I'm not predicting that for the record. i That's (laughs) not an official prediction. I'm just saying like there are landing spots where I would be moderately intrigued. Yeah. I don't want him to go to UCF and follow Gus Malzahn. I think we would have already learned our lesson that that's not. I think he would learn that lesson too. I don't think that would be a good idea for him. You would think, but I mean, some of these guys just follow coaches no matter what. And it's just, that's true. Mind numbing. Like no one else loves you. Come on, buddy. That's true. Yeah. I I think there's
1: places out there where, you know, he, he could be fine. You know, Um, Oregon needs a quarterback potentially. I like Ty Thompson, but you know, not everybody does. And the guy who recruited him is gone could see that potentially there. And one thing that um, we should have mentioned with Keaton Slovis that uh, you so graciously shared in our discord, uh, Keaton Slovis's girlfriend is a uh, captain of the Pitts women's soccer team. So,
0: and Kenny Pickett's leaving. So it sounds like they're pretty all in on Chuba Purdy right now, which is just like (laughs) disappointing (laughs) for a whole other set of (laughs) reasons. (laughs) You just sent your quarterback to the Heisman fucking final ceremony and you can't find anybody that's more, proven than Chupa <laughs> Hubbard in the portal like, not Miles <laughs> Brennan not I mean I know Max Johnson's probably going to go because his dad has like connections all over the place he's probably gonna be a Florida State or something yeah. like there's there's just names in the portal I'd rather have Dylan Gabriel as my quarterback for a year and then figure oh, it out later sure. than Chupa Purdy now I mean obviously Chupa Purdy is like the mystery box but <laughs> I, I we know, know what Gabriel is at least yeah but so um all right, so we got a couple of players either, you know, returning to their initial school here. So no news is good news. Hendon Hooker going back to Tennessee. He's been getting uh, like a uh, some slight draft buzz, and I don't want to call it, it – it's a little odd. Um, I don't think the NFL thought of him as some of the people like the armchair guys did. I really don't, um, even though he has some tools to work with. Um, it's really hard to be like a very subpar passer for three to four years and then have one really good year and an offense that is known to inflate quarterback stats and then be a legitimate prospect. So like, I think this is a good move for him and he can probably increase his, his draft stock a little bit, but I just think like he's capped out as like a fourth third or fourth round guy. I don't think there's a ceiling beyond that. No, I, I
1: could see him, like you said, maybe late day two. I think if he comes back, he puts up big numbers again, like we think he can, like he did this year, you know, and we already know he can do it with his legs. We've seen him do that. So if he starts to show a little bit more with his arm, I do think he could get late day to draft capital. But the main reason we're interested in Henry Hooker returning is for CFF value. And I think yeah. he's, you know, we said it last year at this time, or maybe a little bit, you know, a month from now last year, but 100 hooker is a good fantasy asset. And I think he's going to be a a very good fantasy athlete next year. I could see him being a top 10 QB again.
0: Yeah, I could as well. I actually think it's more likely than not assuming he stays healthy the whole year that he finishes around that, that, that zone, just because I mean, that that offense is so, is so good. Uh, Jake Hayner also staying put announced if this feels like forever ago, but it has, it has been in the last week that he is going back to Fresno Release an apology video uh, <laughs> matt and i were talking about that um like i don't uh his obvious like his first reaction was i'm going to follow Debore. he wasn't eligible academically to do so and i don't know if that has to do i think they said he was a grad transfer he would have had to be a grad grad transfer and i don't know if he doesn't have a degree yet or if his grades weren't good enough to get into washington i don't
1: know well, which was, one of those
0: two options it is he was already there yeah. but i don't know that that would that like i I don't know if that would impact it
1: yeah i don't know we've never really seen somebody transfer and then transfer back to their other
0: school so i don't really know how that would work yeah we've seen guys do it for juco like they think academic would qualify initially and then come, but right. like i like so i i don't know um but like you think he would have looked into that before he just like was like, yeah, I'm following coach, and then it's like, oh, actually, I can't fall. Like, maybe dude. like figure that out first and see so, you know look like an idiot and have to issue yeah. an apology video. I don't think I he f- had to issue an apology video. I, think- I can understand why fans are miffed. I think fans are allowed to be miffed at these kids, especially Jake yeah. Hayner, who was nothing and then came to Fresno and built some sort of a reputation, and then literally just wanted to, to, to get out of there again. Like, I well, get why fans would be miffed.
1: I get why they would too, but I think you also have to understand that Jake Kaner was nothing before he came to Fresno and was in DeBoer's system. So obviously he would want to follow DeBoer and stay in that system that has allowed him to shine and got, he, you know, he got a little bit of draft buzz there after that, you know, UCLA game and the Oregon game. There's he got-
0: one man on this planet who was giving him draft buzz. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you know co- who it is. I know who it is.
1: I saw a couple other people out there that you know, there were some articles posted out there that they talked about his grit. And you know, was it Walter Football? No, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm Honestly, it was kidding. like the Athletic posted something about that, or maybe Bleacher Report, one of those two, one of the black and white apps that I have on my phone that I click on every now and then. Um, but I, I don't think he needed to issue the apology video. I get why fans were upset. But at the same time, I get why he also wanted to follow DeBoer.
0: Um, and then the last one here, Colin, I'll let you just talk about this.
1: Yeah, so this is, um, I, I mean, we, we kind of saved the best for last here. Uh, Taquan Roberson, quarterback for Penn State, is in the portal. I am I am heartbroken. Uh, word on the street is he already has an offer. It's from Tennessee State. So, you know, sorry, Taquan Roberson, you will be you'll be sorely missed.
0: um uh, the guy who famously couldn't even take a snap correctly. <laughs> just amazing. amazing that a i this is nothing against him. It's amazing that a a college football coach at a moderately major P5 level program would let their quarterback room get to that level. Like just incredible. Yeah, I agree. It's embarrassing on so many levels. I agree. Um, I mean Clifford
1: Clifford's coming back, you know. And we have Vayu we're bringing in Aller and Pribula.
0: So our room will be better. Do you have any hope for Prabula, Who's from rural central PA there? I um, have no no. Idea. So they, the, he plays for your York Catholic? Catholic? I think he plays for York Catholic, who we yeah. used to play in soccer in high school. It's like not a huge school. They made it to the state championship game, and they played the school. I'm pretty sure that Kyle McCord and those guys went yeah, to St. Joseph or St. Francis. Or Saint jo- no, St. Right. Joseph. And absolutely just got body slammed in the state championship <laughs> game. Like, like totally different level of football from uh, yeah. the cow Pastures of Central PA to these yeah. kids that are like, you know. All, all their daddies played NFL football and, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're ready for it too. So yeah. that that kid is going to last me he, like a year or two there. He's not going to be think, there anymore. If he really wants to actually play football. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the biggest
1: thing is Drew Aller is, is in the way there. Yeah. And you know, he has, he has a lot of more talent more talented quarterbacks that he would have to climb. So, you know, I'm not trying to shit on Bo Perbula, I but I hate your Catholic. <laughs> you play them in soccer yeah. I'm not trying to shit on Bo Perbula But I just, I don't think he's long for Penn State either Yeah His 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 future probably lies elsewhere
0: Yeah, I, I would be willing to bet Pretty good money on that Alright, and there's some honorable mentions here What we'll does rapid fire these? Um, Tony Elliott, offense coordinator uh, from Clemson Heading to a head coach, uh, be the head coach of Virginia I don't think we really have enough information there About who's going to stay and who's going to go uh, For there to be a larger discussion there no i mean it's i i don't love it for armstrong um
1: because i liked that system that he was in but outside of that i don't think we have enough information um tank bigsby enters the portal reportedly and then reportedly also exits the portal um coming back to auburn so I didn't ever saw anything confirming one way or the other that he had. No, he was
0: never confirmed in the portal. Yeah,
1: he was never confirmed in the portal, but now they're saying he's back out and he's supposed to be staying at Auburn.
0: Um. Zach Calzada, everybody's QB1. favorite quarterback one, uh, entering the portal. No indication about where he's going to be. Um, so, Cool. And that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> um, Ajo Ajo, the
1: wide receiver from uh, Clemson. Uh, he had a moment in the sun here this spring. He has entered the portal as well. Uh, be, I'll, I'll be intrigued to see where he goes
0: because he's he's athletic, to say the least. He's big. Um, Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Chevin Cordero, quarterback from Hawaii. That whole program seems to be falling apart. Uh, he is going to San Jose State and will probably be the starter there next year. Yeah, I would I would feel pretty good that that he would be the uh, the starter there
1: at San at San Jose State next year. They don't they're losing um, Starkle. Um, yeah, yeah. Charlie Brewer is transferring yet again, uh, this time to Liberty. So I think this is probably a little bit more on his level. Uh, transferring to Liberty, Malik Willis likely gone to the NFL. Um, so there will be an opportunity for him right away.
0: Yeah, and I've actually heard someone talk the other day like he had some serious concussion issues and hasn't been the same since. I mean, yeah. there's it's no coincidence that at Utah he played for three games and their offense was terrible, and then he got benched and their offense was really really good for the rest of the year. I just think he's washed like just completely. Um, so if he's Liberty starting quarterback, expect maybe four wins. He will get absolutely destroyed by the behind that offensive line. Um, Ev- uh, Josh Henderson. Uh, Third, fourth strand of what we want to call him, running back at UNC flashed a little bit in that bowl game last year. Transferring to Indiana, depth chart—that's interesting. I think it's just a name to monitor, but it's not a guy that I'm drafting in supplemental drafts or uh, looking to go grab in any particular
1: way. Um, yeah, everybody at Nevada is is in the portal. Um, you know, the head coach there, uh, Norvell Jay Norvell is is gone to Colorado State. Um, did. Torrey Horton definitely go to one of them. I feel like went is confirmed to Colorado
0: State, aren't they? I don't remember if it was, um, if it was Stovall or if it was Horton. I didn't think any of them were actually going there yet because Elijah Cooks is in as well. But as oh, far God. as I know, none of them have followed him yet. I actually okay. expect a lot of them to, but yeah, maybe it's just, I maybe it's, I just saw people expecting them to follow them. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, pretty much mass exodus here at Nevada. That is seeming like a program to likely avoid for fantasy. Meanwhile, Colorado State likely on the uprise.
0: Um, Tommy DeVito, former quarterback at Syracuse heading to Illinois, might be the starter there. Illinois had some quarterback issues this year. So, an in to the monitor, probably not, again, a fantasy-relevant guy, but stranger things have happened. Yep, and I believe what well, is the last one we have
1: here. Jalen Hall, uh, wide receiver, Western Michigan, is in the portal. Um, he had a he, he had a decent year this year, but he really got overshadowed by Sky Moore. Um, so I'll be he's he's a guy I'll be interested to see where he ends up as
0: well. All right, uh, I think that's gonna wrap it up uh, for today here. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about some coaching changes, like not specifically the actual coaching change itself, Colin. We just talked about a couple of guys here early on in this process that we think are getting a nice bump in value uh, because of a new coach or just you know the situation has shifted pretty dramatically for them. Tried to pick guys that aren't leaving themselves, like something happened to them. They're not you know, going elsewhere and doing something. Um Colin, you picked like the most call answer ever. This is it just embarrassing for you? But
1: I mean, I had to stay on brand here. So my first option, my first pick here, uh, Jalen McMillan. Jalen McMillan, one of my guys, always been one of my guys. Um, and he was just trapped in a pretty abysmal offense the past two years. So he doesn't really have the counting stats that you'd like to see. He's a decent market share from this past year, nothing, nothing blows out of the water. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. I probably should have pulled that up, but he gets DeBoer, Kalen DeBoer. And that's a great offense. We just saw Jalen Cropper be very successful, very fantasy relevant in that offensive system. Um, you know, we saw some other guys have some flashes at times too. Um, what was their other wide receivers name? It's escaping me right now. Um, for Fresno, the one oh, for wait, Cropper, Kelly, Kelly. Yeah. Kelly was the other one I was thinking of. So, you know, that offense can support a couple different options there. And I think Jalen McMillan is, is likely to be the number one there this year. But uh, so so I think even on top of the Debbie potential that I saw for him, I think you're now going to see some CFF production
0: as well. You want to make a, a fun charity bet, Colin? Oh, boy. I don't love where you're going with this. All right. Hit me with it. All right. Well, the $20 to the winner's favorite charity, a charity of choice. I know I will always choose the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. You can choose whoever you'd like, except for the Susan Komen, whatever foundation, because they're scam artists. Um, uh, You can take Jalen McMillan as their leading receiver. I will take Romeo Adunze as their leading receiver, and we'll call it leading receiver by fantasy points. So, you know, we won't get in this discussion where we get to the end of the year and like one of them has more receptions, but the other has more yards. It's like just pure fantasy points, half PPR, Jalen McMillan, Romeo Dense. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay.
1: I'll Book take it. that. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to think of the charity. Um, <laughs> I know Water Street Missions is a good one here in, in Lancaster area. So you're going to say, I don't, I don't know any charities. I gotta, I gotta think of one real quick. Uh no, no I, I know some. I, I, I donate every now and then. All right. Um, uh, also, honorable mention to Jalen McMillan, Sam Heward. Uh, if he ends up being the, the, lead, the starting quarterback there, if they don't bring anybody else in, I think that's a stock up for him as well. I,
0: I feel like they have to bring like at least somebody into the portal because they might – I mean, I think O'Brien was grad transfer. I think they have mm-hmm. to lose him, and then I would assume Dylan Morris is not back. Yeah, like, I would think. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that could be a good landing spot for a guy like Miles Brennan. Mm, yeah, yeah, at least compete there, yeah. um, um, see what he's got. Uh, the fir- my first choice here, Colin, is Tyler Van Dyke. Assuming that Joe Brady goes there, I think they haven't uh, officially announced it yet, but I feel like that's probably pretty certain unless some NFL team comes running in here at the last second, which I kind of doubt since he just got fired in the middle of the year. Um, I don't blame that on him, though. I, I don't either, but there's like no other offense court. Like, what are they going to do? Yeah. They're going to do the Miami thing that they just they'd be like, oh, we're not going to fire our guy, but we're going to go hire you real quick. Like, I i just don't think there will be an opening there unless he wants to yeah. hang out and wait. But if he hangs out and waits, maybe he doesn't get that job. And then, right. uh, so I think timing wise, Miami makes the most sense for him. But I, it, I think this is going to just send Tyler Van Dyke through the roof. And I'm still not sure whether he's a legitimate NFL draft prospect or not. I think he certainly looked pretty good at the end of the year, but he was also benefiting a lot from some... Nice yak on behalf of his receivers. I was watching, I forget which one of their games at the end of the year. I want to say it was maybe Florida State, where he threw this touchdown pass where it literally like doinked off a defender's helmet, like that wasn't paying attention and popped up straight in the air, and one of his guys came down and caught it. And I was just like, there was like the Timbo, the worst throw ever. And he gets like on the statue, it looks like he just threw it like a beautiful touchdown. Um, so I, I do think there is like a pumping contracts. the brakes on NFL. The potential but i think he, if joe brady goes there 40 total touchdowns is like is not out of the question at all there for him they've got some pieces there around him they've recruited a lot of really good athletes they haven't used any of them correctly um so tyler van dyke is a guy that i just think is like rocket ship uh way way up there uh in an offense that already was decent i just think it's gonna be better
1: yeah yeah tyler van dyke and then you know also throw jalen Knighton in that too
0: uh, you know i think or so whoever he's all, i'm yeah. hesitant to say jaylen knight just because i'm not 100 sure if that rule is 100 his or if they will like true. split it 50 50. Um, that's true because they get i mean cameron harris is going to the nfl draft but everybody else i think cheney back. cheney thaddeus franklin um insert other back here so yeah yeah uh my next one is Quentin johnston
1: um Sonny Dykes going to TCU Sonny Dykes came from SMU which has been a pretty pass-heavy offense they've been uh, you know they've had Reggie Roberson put up some really nice numbers there Danny Gray put up nice numbers this year Rasheed Rice they can support multiple options uh, unfortunately for TCU they don't have multiple options on the roster really at this point it's really just Quentin Johnston so I think that's a big stock up for him just Assuming he stays, which I haven't seen anything that says he's entering the portal, so he, you know, he automatically he's already the wide receiver one there. I think that he can have a lot of success in Sonny Dykes' system, and Zach Evans is in the portal as well. So I think he becomes the number one option on that offense. I mean, Kendry Miller uh, is, you know, the topic for another day, but Kendry Miller's solid. But I think Quentin Johnson will be the number one option in that offense. So. You know, now where we liked him for Debbie purposes, this is another situation where I think his CFF value takes a big bump.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he can nail down uh, some consistency there. Uh, My last name here is uh, Gary Bryant Jr., um, who I really liked coming out two years ago as a true freshman. I thought I, I had Josh Downs as a top five wide receiver in the class. I had Gary Bryant as, I believe, my wide receiver nine, but I thought they were very comparable like undersized guys i think downs is a little more explosive um but i i thought they could do a lot of really similar things he started to break out a little bit at the end of the year here I, I think jackson dart likes him um and lincoln riley i mean they're going to throw the ball a lot i think that's pretty much you know just a fact and i don't really know who's going to compete with him for targets there i mean we kind of like uh kyle ford but i don't Trust his knees to hold up for a whole year. They have Taj Washington. We were talking before the show a little bit. Like, I just don't know that Taj Washington is like a USC quality player. Like, I think he would have just been better off staying at Memphis. I don't. Yeah. I, I I mean, and I certainly think Gary Bryant Jr. is significantly better than him, even if he stays there. And then, like, who else do they have to compete with those guys? There's no other really high end in the third. There's no other high end wide receivers left at the top of the class. For, for them to sign unless they flip somebody. I know C.J. Williams just decommitted from Notre Dame. That could be an option. Um, there's nobody left in the portal that's a big name at the wide receiver position. There's some average guys. Like I just think Gary Bryant could have this season a similar season to jo- what Josh Downs just had at UNC. I think his value is going to explode, at least from a CFF aspect.
1: Yeah, I'm with you
0: there. I I like Gary Bryant Jr. as
1: well. He's a guy that I think was going as a value all year this year with the expectation that, you know, he would step step up and take over this year because I think we all kind of assumed Drake London was likely gone, which is the case now. But we obviously didn't expect Lincoln Riley to go there, so that's a huge boon for his value as well, although I think he would have been fine in Graham Harrell's offense because I think that, you know, he would have been put able to put up numbers there as well. My hesitation with him is with Lincoln Riley coming in. I think we could see Lincoln Riley draw some guys away from some schools, you know, where they're not in the portal right now, but you know, we could see him get a Julian Fleming. We could see him get guys along those lines that are talented at big schools that may not see the opportunity that they want. You know, he could get in a G.A. Hall potentially if, you know, one of the Bama guys decides they want to leave because they're bringing in a ton of wide receivers this year as well. So I think Lincoln Riley's the type of coach that could pull a name out of the portal. You know, I don't think he has to necessarily rely on the players that are already in there. So that's my hesitation with Gary Bryant. But I do like Gary Bryant a
0: lot. The only guy that I think is going to go there is um, potentially Marvin Mims. That's true. I think he's the only name that's remaining that will go there. I don't think anybody else will. And again, like I said, CJ Williams just decommitted from Notre Dame. He's from that area. I think he, I feel pretty good actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he ends up there. But other than that, I I don't see anybody else really coming in there. Um, All right, Colin. Like I said at the top of the show, we are going to be doing a little bit of a bowl game competition here. Um, If you want to see, all of our picks in one place, besides just saying them here on the show, guys, Colin and I actually are both contributing to the fantasy points bull guide this year. It is out now. It is $25 uh, for the whole guide. And there is a ton of information in it. it's updated like once or twice a week, at least to be more caught up with the games. There's all sorts of different betting information. We're both picking um, uh, games from just in the money line and then the spread. But there's also a ton of player prop information. Um and just a ton of you know debbie breakdown i mean they're covering these games from from start to end uh and we don't see any of that money so we're we're <laughs> like advertising this is just like it's a really cool guide we yeah. both have copies of it uh, because we're contributing and it's it's really really well done um the intro is amazing i definitely recommend it just to read the intro um yeah, somebody that's worth somebody, the price of admission. somebody really smart wrote that um <laughs> decently smart <laughs>
1: All right. All right.
0: I'll take it. I'll take it decently <laughs> smart. Um, and uh, yeah, so so go check that out, guys. Um, but yeah, we're going to we're going to pick just straight up, you know, who wins the game, uh, all these games on the show here as well. Um, so let's do we're, we're going to do all of the ones that are going to happen between, you know, this show and the next show. Um, so we have, how many do we have tonight? Six, I think, seven, eight. Oh, there's a lot more than I thought. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, we have a bunch. Um, we'll start with the, there are two games on Friday the Bahamas Bowl. Uh, that's Middle Tennessee and Toledo, Colin. Um, who wins? I got Toledo in this one um, pretty comfortably. I, I think Toledo's a pretty solid
1: program. We saw him take Notre Dame to the wire.
0: Uh yeah, I I think they're a decent team. It's like a ten point favorite, I believe. At least last time I checked, middle over Middle Tennessee, I'm taking Toledo as well. Uh, the Cure Bowl, Northern Illinois averse Coastal Carolina. That's also kicks off on Friday. Um, who you like there, Colin? Uh, I have Coastal Carolina in this one. Uh, I I think Coastal Carolina is just
1: the better team, but. I do think Northern Illinois can give them a game. They have some offensive talent. This is one of the more interesting games
0: this uh, th- this weekend. I agree. And what makes me slightly hesitant, while Northern Illinois played played uh, out of conference, they played four games. They played Georgia Tech, Wyoming, Michigan, and Maine. Uh, they beat Maine uh, by a ton, but then got blown out by Michigan, uh, lost to Wyoming, and... and Beat Georgia Tech by one, um, so I like I, I they they beat up the Mac pretty decently, but the Mac is just a lot different. And I actually don't even really like Coastal Carolina at this stage. I think Isaiah Likely and Javon Highlayer both have their eyes set to the NFL, but I still think Coastal Carolina wins this game. Yeah, um, e- even with all of that kind of going on uh, in the background, the Boca Raton Bowl kicking off on Saturday. Calling Western Kentucky Appalachian State. Uh, who do you like?
1: I got App State in this one. Um, I think App State is just the better overall team, Um, but I'm also concerned about all of the coaches that Western Kentucky lost on the offensive side of the ball. They lost uh, Kitley, the offensive coordinator. I haven't seen if he's going to coach in this game or not.
0: No, he's coaching Uh, Texas Tech, I'm pretty sure.
1: Okay, so he's coaching Texas Tech in their bowl game. They also lost their quarterback coach, Um, so... Just the offensive turnover there, I think they're still going to be able to put up some points, but maybe not quite as many as we're
0: used to seeing for them. Texas Um, Tech might actually not have a bowl game. I thought he was the one that like I could have.
1: uh, I don't know. I haven't. I have not. I haven't looked that closely into whether Kitley's going to be coaching this or not. I'm kind of just assuming he's not since he's somewhere else. Yeah, Um, but yeah, just do the offensive turnover there. I think and I think App State's a better team.
0: Uh, so I'm actually going to take Western Kentucky. Uh, like, I know that the smart pick is probably Appalachian State. I just, and I know Tinsley's not playing at all. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Like, App State just, like, when things get real, App State just crumbles. And they really do. And I just, I just don't think they're a very good team. So, yeah, I'm going Western Kentucky. The New Mexico Bowl Saturday, UTEP-Fresno is an interesting one because Fresno, obviously, know their head coach is no more. Uh, Jay Kaner banged up. Who do you like, Colin? Picks up, baby. We're going with the minors here.
1: UTEP, um, just for, you know, I think UTEP is a, a good team. I think all, if Fresno had all of their pieces, I think Fresno would be the better team, and I would take Fresno. But no DeBoer, head coach. Jake Hayner banged up. Um, yeah, I think that uh, I think
0: UTEP can give it to him. I think this is about as close to a pick em as I can get in one of these games. I'm going to take Fresno, but I think it's a very close game. I just I like Jake Hayner isn't going to sit like he's just such a gamer. No. He'll play. Yeah. Yeah, Cropper will play. Rivers, it's his last game. Um, so I, I think they'll go out on a high note. Independence Bowl also on Saturday here. UAB, BYU, the Alphabet Bowl is what it should be called. <laughs> um who do you like here colin uh, i got byu in this one um I, th-
1: I just think BYU's just the better team i mean uab quietly had a nice season this year but
0: um i just i like byu yeah i don't want to toss the word blowout out there because i think these games are so difficult to predict they're basically glorified exhibition matches at this yeah. point um, but byu is just so much better of a team than uab and I'm not even that high on BYU, but I think it's just how it right. is. Uh, contender, in my opinion, for worst name for a bowl game uh, this year, the Lending Tree Bowl. Eastern Michigan versus Liberty kicks off on Saturday. What do you like? I, these are two teams that if the, they just disappeared <laughs> from college football, I would never, ever know it. Yeah, I think this obviously hinges on Malik Willis. And if
1: he plays, I haven't heard that he's not playing. So I'm under the op- uh, assumption that he is.
0: So th- in that case, give me Liberty or give me death. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking Liberty as well. Just again, like the Mac, like they don't do that well out of conference. They're just not, yeah. not a, they're exciting to watch on Tuesday nights uh, during the month of November, but they're, they're not particularly good football teams. Uh, the LA Bowl, Utah State versus Oregon State. Um, who do you like here? Saturday, again, kickoff. I don't think I said that.
1: So I'm picking Oregon State but I think Utah state is sneaky here. I think Utah state's offense is very good. Uh, I, I could see them giving Oregon state some trouble maybe, but I just think Oregon state is just the better team. They had a nice year this year. They really did. And, um, you know, in the pac 12, I think that definitely means a lot more than Utah state in the mountain West.
0: If this should have been the sneaky bowl. Because both of these teams are sneaky, in my opinion. Like I yeah. think Oregon State is sneaky decent, and I think Utah State is sneaky decent. But give me Oregon State, yeah, yeah. Uh, by by just a smidgen there. Uh, the New Orleans Bull, uh, UL Louisiana Lafayette against Marshall Saturday kickoff. Who do you like? Uh, so
1: um, I am taking UL, even though Billy Napier is gone, but I just think UL is a more talented team overall. I think Marshall has some pieces,
0: but. Uh, top to bottom of the roster, UL is just better. I agree. Uh, Basically the same rationale. It's close. I know no Napier, but what are you going to do there? The last one here, Colin, kicks off on Monday, actually. The Myrtle Beach Bowl, Old Dominion against Tulsa. Um, Who do you like here? I
1: don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking Tulsa here as well. Just, same thing. Just think they're a better team than ODU. Um, Tulsa, they had a really nice year last year. They lost some pieces. Not quite as nice of a year this year, but I still think they have some talent on there, whereas ODU, I mean, good for them for getting bowl eligible.
0: That's kind of where I'm at with ODU. Um, I'll take Tulsa too, but again, I, I really do not care about that game at all. Um, <laughs> either the team is about the outcome don't care about Myrtle Beach. None of it. I don't care about any of it. Um, All right, Colin. We're doing these freshman profiles here. Um, Again, guys, check out the YouTube page. We're going to be doing just like these quick hitters for signing day. But all offseason, we're going to be doing like deep 10 to 15-minute profiles on a lot of these guys. We're going to try to get as many of them as we possibly can. And we're going to cover them on this show. uh, Along with a ton of other project opportunities we have for the freshmen. It's all I can say, but I think I mean we're just going to try to give you guys a lot of that content since it's not really out there and that seems to be what people really want to see over the off season as they prepare for some of their freshman supplemental type drafts. It's what the people want, so that's what we're going to give them. We are nothing but men of the people. Um so we both chose wide receivers tonight, guys. The higher ranked guys in the class going to bigger programs, Colin Evan Stewart. Take it away.
1: Yeah, so you know, sticking with the the bigger name guys here, um, Evan Stewart is the uh, wide receiver one there for 24 twenty four seven. Uh, he's out of Liberty, Texas. He is a five star guy in both the composite and twenty four sevens. Committed to Texas A and M, uh, expected to sign there on the dotted line this week. Uh, six foot one seventy five, so a little scrawny. Could add could stand to add some weight. Uh, Produced pretty early in school, Uh, 2019 as a sophomore, he had 43 catches, 757 yards and seven touchdown catches, more of the same the year after that. This year, uh, 22 catches, 487 yards and three touchdowns, six carries, 82 yards rushing and a touchdown, but that's through three games. Uh, He opted out this season after three, just three games, kind of following the Jaden Blue path, but he actually, you know, stepped out there on the field for a little bit. So good production early before hanging it up. Uh, he's also just a, a nice little note. Um Texas 5A state long jump champ in 2021, silver in the triple jump, uh anchored the gold uh, anchored the anchor leg of the gold medal winning 4x4 four four team. So, accomplished track athlete. Uh ran a 10 5 800 meter. so he has some speed there. And that's one of the things that stands out when you see him on tape. Obvious speed. Lots of catch and runs. Um pulls away from defenders frequently. I think he's also got uh, hes a good uh, lateral athlete as well. So, not just linear, he's shifty, can make defenders miss in tight spaces. I think he has good open field vision as well. He kind of winds his way through traffic, He sees there's some blocks are set up, follows them downfield. There's some examples of him returning kicks as well. Uh, I think he catches the ball well, too. He catches it with his hands. He doesn't let it get into his body, uh, which is a, it's a good sign, especially for somebody on that size. Um, he is, in terms of route running, he is quick. In and out of his cuts, he's quick in and out of his breaks. He stops and starts quickly. He's got good acceleration there. He gets on top of defenders very quickly. Definitely a downfield threat. Uh, I think he tracks the ball well in the air, too. He's got experience playing inside and outside. Um, but he, he, while he has experience playing inside and outside, I'm not sure he can do it at the next level, uh, and especially at the NFL level. I think he projects mostly as a slot at this point. Doesn't really run a variety of routes. Mostly some comebacks and curls, screens, go routes. Uh, he does show flashes of some good route running, but definitely needs more consistency. Doesn't really use many release moves off the line. He mostly relies on his acceleration, just getting on top of defenders quickly. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily something that will track at the next level as well either. Uh, he's kind of the versatile speedy wide receiver that's becoming more popular these days. I think he's a very high ceiling if you can put it all together, but he needs a lot of refinement. Um, And I'm not really sure if Texas A&M is a place that's going to develop him the way he needs to be developed.
0: Him going to Texas A&M makes him the, one of the biggest fades in all of uh, the freshman class this year for me. Jimbo Fisher was, has been a offensive coordinator and a head coach at at big programs over the last two decades at LSU at Florida state and here at Texas a and M the only receivers he's really developed, the only receiver he's really developed for the NFL is Kelvin Benjamin. Like af- <laughs> after, Kelvin Benjamin, he, he was there with Dwayne Bowe at LSU as well for a little bit. And then after that, I think the next best is like Devery Henderson. His track record for wide receivers is atrocious. He has no idea what he's doing with them at all. Evan Stewart is a guy that I think needs a lot of development. I think he like, I I comp him to Jojo Earl, but he's like 90% of Jojo Earl. Like, I don't think he's as good as Jojo Earl was coming out. I have him rated lower than I had Jojo Earl. And so him going to Texas a and I would just caution anybody, you know, they can look what he just did to demand He didn't even play as a freshman. Like, I don't even know if he touches the field next year. Yeah, that's
1: definitely going to be a concern. Now, Banias nice Smith, I think, will go to the NFL this year. I you think, think he does go? He's a senior, right? No, he's only a third year guy, I'm pretty sure. Oh, is he?
0: Okay. That if he's a third year right guy, now.
1: I think he comes back. But if he is a senior, I I think he would go. I don't think he would use like a fifth year of eligibility.
0: But I, I he's think list he's listed as a junior, and I think he is a third year guy as well. I think like he wasn't eligible last year, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay. So then,
1: yeah, I mean, I was going to say Evan Stewart could step into that role. So maybe he doesn't touch the field at all this year.
0: The, the other thing is, like, unlike JoJo Earl, I don't think he has the positional versatility. I don't think he's hybrid. I think he's all wide receiver. Like, yeah. I don't think he can play that role effectively. Like, JoJo Earl is really dangerous, like, at the line of scrimmage. I don't think Evan Stewart is. I think he's more of a downfield guy. I do think he's more of a downfield guy. I mean, I mean up th- on this kid because I did I <laughs> – talent-wise, I have him as, like, my wide receiver six or something. Like, I think he's a very talented kid, but –
1: just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's very talented. I think downfield threat is obvious. I think that's something that's going to definitely translate. Um, because like I said, he gets on top of defenders so quickly. His speed is just obvious, but I, I think he's quick. Like I said, he's quick in and out of his breaks and he has enough lateral agility that I think he could develop into a guy that could be dangerous at the line, but at that requires some projection.
0: Yeah. Um, Definitely some issues there. And then um, I'll pull up his ADP while I'm talking. Um, just so you give a sense of through five drafts, uh, kind of where where Evan Stewart is going. He's going pretty early. I believe it's he fifth is. round. Um, so again, probably too early uh, for my blood. Um, the guy that I want to talk about here tonight is Kion Grease, uh Wide receiver, uh, supposed to be going to Ohio State. Uh, that is where he is committed at the moment. Uh he is uh, from Arizona, uh six foot 175 pounds. When Ohio State originally offered him, he was a very low three star and has since uh jumped up the rankings. He is a, a mid a to high four star now uh and is one of my top five wide receivers in the class, has a tier one grade for me. Um, some notes on Kion Grays. He is extremely explosive off the line, a, a very nice first step. Um He's got some release, like a decent release package already. He's got two or three different ones that he uses. He's going to obviously build that up uh, over the next couple of years at Ohio State. Uh, But they've done a very good job of developing guys that are his size over the past few years. So I think that's great. Um, Really nice start stop ability. Um, Some of the best in this class um and and like evan stewart he just puts those defenders on their heels so quickly because he just attacks that space he really knows what to do uh when when a defender's in off coverage we haven't seen him much in press um so can't comment too much on that um but but yeah he he's he's developing nicely as a route runner already i think a couple years there at ohio state he'll be even better he's a smooth athlete he's not necessarily um you know a sudden guy Uh, But again, that's just the kind of athlete I prefer. Generally, I prefer guys that are kind of gliders um, over sudden athletes. So I think that's good. Uh, He does pretty well at catching the ball through contact, even though he's got that smaller frame under 180 pounds there at six foot. uh, And that is something obviously he'll want to bulk up a little bit. He's never going to be a jump ball guy, but I think he tracks the ball well deep, uh, attacks it well in the air. um, And I think. You know my my biggest note on him is that I think if you watch all of the wide receivers in this class, I think I've I've watched and graded 55 right now. Um, that he is the best that I've watched at stacking corners. Like he just does it so well, um, and that you know, I don't, like guys are just good at that or they aren't. John Dotson's amazing at it. Like Chris Olave is very good at it. A lot of these guys can just stack those corners, and I think he does it very very well. He's not really dealt with a ton of physicality yet, like I said, not either at the line of scrimmage or downfield, so that's kind of an unknown, but he does go down on first contact relatively easily when he has the ball in his hand, so I don't know how much of a yak threat he will really be, um, but something uh, to monitor over the next couple of years. I think he does comp very favorably. Uh, to Chris Olave, or kind of an Olave Garrett Wilson hybrid. He can kind of do a little bit of what both of they do, and, and he's in that size bracket. Uh, I don't think he will play at all as a freshman, or at least very, very little, like uh, Egbuka and Harrison did this year. Uh, maybe get a handful of catches, but I think um, that he can be a great receiver there at Ohio State. Yeah,
1: I like Grays. I'm not quite as high him as you are. Um, my biggest concern, probably, with Grays is just. Going to Ohio State in such a crowded room, it's it's difficult to stand out. And I don't know if he'll be able to do that. Uh, I think that's, that's probably my biggest concern, which, you know, that should tell you that's not really a big concern. You know, I think you hit on a lot of the highlights there with him. I, I do think he's a talented player, but I just – I worry about the other guys that they bring in there and constantly bring in.
0: I have a question, actually, a really interesting question for you. And I don't know, you've like I just thought of this. I don't even know if you've thought about this. So Ohio State, if they assuming they lose Wilson and Olave this off season, that wide receiver room, like ignoring the incoming guys, is actually really shallow. They have JSN, and then it's like Julian Fleming, Agbuka, Harrison Jr., and Jaden Ballard. And that's like really that it. shallow. Those it's guys like are four. Old, but like, it's like four players though. Like it's like most of these schools have like seven or eight guys. Like, so the question was going to be, do you, are Sorry. we discounting Jaden Ballard like way too quickly? Uh, Yeah. yeah. Like, I think, I, I think he could do something there next year. I don't know if yeah. he'll stay or whatever, but I, that's just a guy to watch it's, Yeah. So I would agree with that. Kind of popped into I, my mind.
1: Cause I, I get what you're saying in that it's, you know, a lot of rooms or, you know, six, seven, eight players deep. And Ohio State's not assuming those guys, you know, Wilson and Alave both leave. But the top-end talent there is, you know, very good. It's, it's going to be hard to get on the field over JSN, Egbuka, um, Harrison Jr., Fleming if he stays. You know, those are a very solid top four. Top three especially, maybe top four. Ballard also, I think, is somebody who's talented in their own right as well. So there's a lot of talent in the room, even if it is a little bit shallow.
0: Oh, they like to rotate six guys. So even if you figure, if Julian Fleming plays and, and looks decent or whatever, and then you have JSN, Harrison, and Ibuka, that's four out of six. So there has to be two other guys play. Is it Ballard? Is it Grays? They've got a couple other guys. They've got Caleb Burton. They've got um, uh, Kojo Antwi, and they have uh, another guy as well whose name is just totally out of my head. Uh, he's a kind of, he's more of a hybrid guy, like a Mookie Cooper, RB-ish type um, so it'll be interesting to see. Just maybe they use Evan Pryor a little food bit for thought. Oh, could be interesting. Could be interesting. That that would be actually. Um, I mean, did, did, did G Scott Jr. make more of a comeback? I mean, I really don't know because <laughs> Ruckert's leaving too. All things to think about here this offseason. That's what makes the offseason so fun. But that is going to do it for our show here tonight, guys. Uh, make sure that you are checking out everything that we have to offer over at campus2canton.com, the Discord um the the player metrics tools Jarek just built a bunch of new stuff into them this week um that that looks really really cool that i've been playing around with a little bit uh all the articles uh we're doing uh, a couple of bull articles that chris put together this week um so lots of good stuff going on over there the other podcasts here on the campus to canton feed uh why wait till sunday a debbie debate fantasy football roundtable Uh, And, of course, uh, Campus Life and Canton Bound. We will have the NFL side of the podcast here for you guys later this week. But until then, I am Austin. And this is Colin. And Have a good week, guys.